Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good to be here with you. It is the 3rd of February. This is the COB. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with David Scott. Welcome back, stranger. I know. It's been too long. I'm pleased to be back, especially on a day that we've got the market rising a pretty solid 1%, adding on to gains we've seen Tuesday and Monday as well. Yeah, you could have joined me any of those days and had the same introduction. It was uh, <laughs> lots of positivity there. It's, uh, it's hard to go and back a loser so far in February. Yeah, interesting. Some of the best performers, car sales off a broker move. Pendle did really well as well. Uh, Bell Potter is saying that there could be a higher dividend on the cards coming at Pendle. And corporate travel management. Uh, it's got its advance notice of its yearly results, but the price target today, or actually it was yesterday, was lifted 1% by Ord Minette. So it's half yearly results uh, coming through Wednesday, the 17th of February. I'd be keen to speak with the company um, just because of the whole reopening trade is taking longer to come, particularly in the corporate end of the market. And Scotty, you've got to wonder if there's going to be business travel to the extent that there was before, regardless. I know firsthand how difficult it is now to go and fly to Adelaide. Uh, it's near on impossible. The borders are down between New South Wales and, uh, and SA, but there's hardly any flights. So um, corporate travel, maybe if you're going to be traveling across the other side of the city, perhaps, uh, there might be a bit mm-hmm. going. But um, I'm, I'm bearish. Uh, we're becoming so, you talk about uh, you know, extrapolating trends. I think a lot of people are going to go and look, well, we all know the, uh, the, it's brilliant being face-to-face. Uh, we know that the, the connections can be brought there. But uh, from a cost-benefit perspective, sometimes just sitting on a Skype call, a Zoom call, something like that, looks a lot easier. Don't have to go and upend your life for uh, for weeks on end to go and do that. Mm-hmm. Although you know, there are benefits to being on a business trip as well. When we talk, the, why are you laughing? I I meant you know dinners out. Oh, sorry, I'm a mum. I don't get I'm, out a lot. I'm, I'm, <laughs> ju- I'm just remembering a trip to New York uh, and I ended up at a Russian bar and restaurant <laughs> about three a.m. in the morning. Yeah. We'll take it offline. Okay. Uh, Flight Center also had a price target lifted by Macquarie. It was interesting because Flight Center was one of the companies we were asked about on the call today. Both of my expert guests, Michael Gable from Fairmont, Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial, just saying, look, in their view, it's still too early. Still too early to be investing in Flight Center. Um, Michael Wayne gives his preferred picks in the space. I think that this, there's just still so much uncertainty. Yes, it will likely remain liquid. It's had a big injection of cash, but it's still um, burning through cash, um, loss making. And a lot of those shuttered Flight Center stores make me feel a little bit sad when I walk by. Yeah, so. It's very, very strange to go and see how many are shut down. And the, uh, but look, one criticism I would have had about that company back in the, in the day was that there was lots of stores. And I got the impression that there were so many that you could actually cannibalize uh, no, uh, other stores' sales. I remember there was a classic example in Bondi Junction. Now, I don't know whether they were both the same operator. I hope they were. But literally, it was like one side of the, uh, the shopping center, you could go to a flight center, and you can then walk across the other side, and there was a flight center there. And all the same deals and everything else. And I was kind of like... Wow. Yeah. Um, I found that really amazing. But hey, look, uh, 
streamlining uh, operations and everything else and getting ready for the next cycle. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You can um, listen to that episode of The Call via our website if you'd like to hear further thoughts on Flight Center. I may as well get to the stock of the day then. Rent.com.au. So its share price did some pretty special things yesterday, up by 200%. Today, up a further 50%. Now, keep in mind, this is uh, a very small company, but it attracted $2 million in capital from Bevan Slattery yesterday. His name has been associated with a whole bunch of really successful companies. And so um, not only do we speak with the CEO, Greg Bader, today, but it was the stock of the day I mentioned. Here's Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities, talking about RNT. A company that's struggled for some time, um, but Bevan Slattery, he's got a very good track mm-hmm. record, Pipe Networks, Next DC, Superloop, these sorts of companies. So when he makes a, an investment of this size, people stand up and notice uh, whether or not it justifies a 300% jump in the share price or 200% jump in the share price remains to be seen. Um, but it, it looks like they're going head to head at the moment with sort of REA and Domain when it comes to rental ads. They've also got a platform for landlords. Um, whether or not that's best in the market is debatable as well. There are other alternatives such as rentbetter.com.au and all these other things. So based on its past track record, I can say no deal. You know, Bevan paid five cents a share, it's trading up at 20 yeah. cents. So, you know, you're paying four times more than, I guess, what he thinks the company is worth right now. So you need to have a bit more of a safety margin, I think, if you were going to back this. And I think buying it two days up after such a strong move like this is leaving yourself quite exposed. And that was Michael Gable finishing the thoughts there on RNT. If you'd like to listen to the interview that we did with the chief executive of that company and uh, what he sees uh, Bevan Slattery bringing to the company and really you know, what the plans are going forward. It, it's looking to become quite big in, in a sort of um, new and uh, innovative way. And you can do that via the website or the app. Hey, um, we heard from the RBA governor, Phil Lowe, today, really fleshing out what the thinking was behind extending that QE program, uh, you know, at yesterday's meeting, which came as a surprise. Uh, really, I thought it was interesting him saying that he, he's not really that focused on the bond market right now. He was saying rising bond yields, even in the time of QE, is not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. Well, I reckon that uh, that's a bit of a porky pie, but um, I'm sure he's keeping an eye on what the bond yields are because uh, he mentioned the Aussie dollar and uh, the fact that they extended that QE program as a mitigating factor to try and prevent uh, the Aussie dollar from going and dislocating too far from fundamentals. And uh, one of the key drivers of the Aussie dollar is the bond market. So I think that maybe he's uh, paying close attention to the uh, the bond market vicariously through the Aussie dollar. Hey, um... Was there any commentary today around the housing market? Because any which way you slice it now, after the data run that we've had this week, we're talking house prices, we're talking lending indicators, we're talking the AI group read on the construction uh, industry today. I mean, housing is hot. It's really hot and uh, with no migration. So let's talk about unprecedented times. Uh, this is an unprecedented one. But um my view today is, uh, is one, it's, uh, I don't want to be controversial about it, but um, I think that uh, we risk overstimulating the housing market um, and making it so big, uh, if it's not already big enough, uh, that it becomes systemically a liability if we get to the point where we have a downturn that cannot be rescued by housing. 
Now, you look across all those figures. Now, you mentioned house prices, record highs. Uh, uh, housing finance, record highs. Uh, building approvals for uh, attached, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, detached drillings, record highs. Um, I just wonder, like, uh, I look at what's going on around the world. I would be, uh, I'll tell a few people about my car shopping expertise over the weekend. You try and buy a ute at the moment, it's, it's near on impossible because all the traders have gone and bought them. Uh, and so I'm just getting this impression that we keep going to the well and we rely upon housing to go and bail us out now. We know that housing's got great multiplier effects. Uh, we know that it goes and helps stimulate other parts of the economy. But I look around and I see some other sectors that are really struggling right now. And there's nowhere near the level of support. And I don't want to see our economy get to the point where it is just encompassed by housing. Well, and some say it already is. Yeah, no, I know. But, 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 but literally, like, no, we run the risk that we make it too big that it has to be continually uh, spiced up with a bit of a you know, government stim or like you no know, programs well, to go and, and keep it going. Arguably, it had a lot of government stimulus through this period. Not saying it wasn't worthy, but, you know, when we speak with some from the Housing Industry Association, et cetera, I mean, there's, there's got to be a limit on how much that sector deserves. Yeah, I think it's time to go and definitely like scale it back now. It's There is no need to go and stimulate that area for We know the RBA is doing its bit with, uh, with interest rates the way they are, but no more incentives. Like, please, government, no, 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 no. We don't need to have any more. We don't need to go and make it so hot at the expense of other parts of the economy. There are clearly parts, like I'm talking about you know, hospitality, I'm talking about tourism. international tourism. Yeah. They have been decimated. Every Education, s- universities, yeah. you know. Every time I walk, walk home and uh, I go past uh, no, Cockle Bay, Darling Harbour and stuff like that, all the hot spots that you see like would normally be jammed mm. with international tourists. It is completely empty. I can be walking along a beautiful harbour and there'll be maybe a handful of people in front of me. That is scary kind of stuff. And you look at other parts of the economy just absolutely booming. So it's time now that we've got this uh, no recovery underway to start shifting uh, where the focus should be away from areas that are very strong to those that are very soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't uh, disagree. But uh, if we would like to... Get a few stock picks. Uh, if you're interested in a few stock picks, you can access some of those interviews via the show notes. So one of which is with Brad King. He's a PM at Armitage Private. Uh, a lot of the focus is on reporting season, and for good reason. Um, we spoke with the fund manager of the Cent- Centuria Industrial REIT today. Uh, you know, we're starting to get a lot of that opportunity coming through um, to speak with these CEOs about where they see things going. But to get you know an investment perspective on on um, you know, what's come already and where some of the opportunities might lie. Uh, you might want to listen to that interview. We also spoke with uh, Richard Ivers. He's from Prime Value. So he gave us a couple of picks in the small cap space, as did Stephen Wood, principal at Iger Capital. I don't, I don't want to give it away, but yeah, there's some good names in there. And uh, looking forward to reporting season. I am. Are you, Scotty? Uh, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the hectic nature that it's going to go and bring in all the information and uh, hopefully some guidance and uh, no hits and misses. I suspect that there'll be a lot more uh, hits uh, and exceeding hits given what we're seeing in recent times. But uh, it'll be really interesting to see the commentary about the outlook because I'm still not convinced that a lot of these trends that we've seen will be continued. And even those companies that uh, have really been the COVID winners, still most of them are very, very reluctant to go and say anything positive about the future because it's like, well, it looks great now, but we just don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen when the stim is pulled. Stim, you're calling it. I keep getting stimmy on my feeds, but... 
Whatever. You must be on those older threads. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so we've got some of the worst performers today being Saracen, Northern Star, and the Gold Space set 32 points bet. BHP was off by 2%. Should we mention iron ore? I mean, is this a real turn that's happening now, Scuddy? Uh, well, steel mill margins are deeply negative now, and that's uh, pretty hard to go and incentivize production when you're losing money when you're making it. So that's uh, generally not a good factor. Uh, seasonally, it's a pretty weak time. We also have supply ramping up. I've been saying for a while, uh, incorrectly to this point, but uh, maybe this is the uh, the moment that uh, iron ore, when it was sitting in like 150, 160% above the uh, marginal cost of production, things like that don't yeah. last. And uh, I know that people are putting bull case scenarios that was going to 220 a tonne and all this kind of stuff. That's going to go and take the uh, unprecedented uh, building binge in China. Uh, it's already been massive this year. I don't see I can really go and jackknife it any higher unless there's going to be some kind of major supply disruption. And for our Brazilian friends out there, hopefully uh, that is not going to be the case with you. Okay, I missed a segue opportunity because with reporting season continuing, I suppose with some of these pandemic thematics as well, we will be speaking with the fund manager of the Centuria office uh, REIT tomorrow, which will be instructive as to how this uh, this office market is likely to play out. That's Grant Nichols. That's at 120. Before that, though, I'm looking forward to speaking with Greg Yanko. So he is executive director of markets at ASIC, the corporate or the market regulator, and um, we will be talking about you know everything from GameStop, what the potential, if any, implications are here. Uh, we'll be talking about buy now, pay later, but really getting an update from Greg. You know, we, we continue to talk with some of our guests about this massive influx of users. They're getting on different platforms like Superhero, like Naptrade. And I mean, and this is coming after the massive influx of new investors that joined those platforms in 2020. So mm -hmm. I just want to know uh, what the watchdog is keeping its eye on. Yeah, and does it have the necessary resources to go and monitor these new world that we are they live in? Because it's tough, tough enough for uh, for market veterans to go and keep up with what's going on at the moment, let alone a regulator. Look, I'm going to put it out at open questions. Well, anyone who's listening to the podcast, if you've got a question you want to go and ask, uh, feel free to flick them through on uh, on Twitter to myself at Scuddy or at Nadine Blaney. Uh, and, Good idea. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're happy to go and field those questions because, of course, it's uh, it's a really uh, no topical one, and I think a lot of people are concerned. I know that the poll that we ran on Twitter about uh, what's going on, uh, a large chunk of people believe that this uh, and the, this revolution of sorts will continue for a long period of time, and a fair chunk of you said you were quite concerned about it. So, if you're concerned, we encourage you to go and send us uh, send some uh, questions through, and we'll pass them on. Yeah, cool. So that's at 11:45. I hope you can join us for that. But the the day kicks off at 8:30 with Lawrence McDonald. He is offer author of the Bear Trap Report. He'll be joining us from New York. He's got some very strong views on what's going on there in uh, U.S. markets and uh, the impact that it's having on sentiment and stability. So big day tomorrow. Uh, tonight, we do get some services reads around the globe, Europe and the U.S. We also tonight, I do believe, yeah, we get the ADP private payrolls report uh, yeah. leading us in to jobless tomorrow and then on farms on Friday. Big week this week. Yeah, it's uh, back end uh, and there are lots of the other uh, the data is going to come through internationally. Oh, all I care about is uh, the ISM services, PMI and uh, the ADP. Uh, payrolls will be really important. That's going to set the tone for stimulus. Uh, no talks in the US. So that's uh, no offense to Europe. No. Hello to uh, all the 450 million of you or so out there. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not really fussed about that at the moment. I'm focused on what's going on in the US. Of course. All right, Scuddy. Shall we call it a day? Let's call it a day and uh, we'll see you on Thursday.